It's a quick one on this week's Monday Punday. Don't miss it. Are you ready? Here it comes. To make a long story short, I became an editor. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, and thanks for tuning in for this hour of spiritual direction, helping you grow closer to the Lord today. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. Well, my good friend and brother in Diakon Information, John from Queen of the Apostles Parish in Toma, Wisconsin, is responsible for today's pun, so you can blame him. If you have a suggestion of a pun for use on Monday Pun Day, send them to me at innerlife at relevantradio.com and be sure to include your name, your parish, and your city so I can give credit or blame where it's due. Anyway, thanks, John. I'm grateful. And speaking of gratitude, have you ever noticed that the sense of being grateful can come upon you in different ways? Maybe something good has come upon you quickly and unexpectedly, or something you were dreading went much better than you had anticipated. For instance, just yesterday I was driving home through the countryside just after dusk, and a deer appeared at the side of the road. I hit the brakes, but the deer just went into the woods. In those types of situations, gratitude can come in a rush. But there's other times when you recognize just how much God's being good to you over the course of time, and your gratitude also slowly builds over time, in a relationship perhaps. The longer I'm married to my wife, the more grateful for her I become. Or maybe in a career or a vocation. Maybe it's just looking back over the course of your life and recognizing your Heavenly Father's presence abiding through it all, the good times and the bad. Sometimes gratitude is intense and it floods over you. But many times it's an act of the will of taking the time to recognize the goodness of God in a situation and then rendering thanks. However it manifests, gratitude is a foundational part of living as a son or daughter of God, both in your own spiritual life and in how you reflect God's love and goodness to others. We're going to explore more about gratitude on the show today with our spiritual director for the hour, Father Chris Walsh. Father Chris is the pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia. Welcome back to The Inner Life, Father. Grateful that you are with us again. And I am grateful that there's only one pun. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I, I squeezed in two a few weeks back, but uh, yeah, generally I try to stick to one. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Good, Very good. good to be with you, and I hope that your first days of Lent and, and those of our listeners are going uh, very well and very fruitful. Thank you. Thank you, Father, and yours as well. Well, gratitude is even a, a great part of Lent as well, helping us to recognize God's goodness over and over again, uh, day after day, as even as we continue to make sacrifices and live a life of penance and that sort of thing. So let's just, let's just start with what gratitude is. What is gratitude and why is it so important, Father? Yeah, I think it's, it's several things. And, and you know, Regarding Lent, Patrick, I just feel so blessed that we have the season itself uh, to be remembering um, God's mercy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this journey towards Easter um, and the focus on baptism that reminds us of who we're called to be. You know, the devil is always attacking our identity. And for us as Christians, the devil's trying to attack who we are as sons and daughters of a beloved father as sisters and brothers of Christ. And so the scriptures of Lent, the practices of Lent, of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, 
are also intimately connected with, with gratitude, right? Because you know, if I'm if I'm fasting from from sweets or from that second cup of coffee, uh, boy, it makes me more grateful for for the one cup of coffee I do. Or if I'm snacking from chips, the, the salad, I become more grateful for something that I ignore normally. And mm. and and gratitude is an important part of prayer. And and of course, almsgiving is a fruit of our gratitude. But fundamentally, what gratitude is, I'm acknowledging a gift received. And so. Gratitude is one of those great habits for the Christian that relates not only to God, but to other people. Mm. And so we can be both grateful to God for his providence and the gifts that he shares, but also very grateful to all the people in our life who do so much and share so much with us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's a, a very much worthy of remembering because, I mean, there, there are times when we do find it hard to be grateful, but... I mean, I, I think it's true, isn't it, that we always have something to be grateful for, even in the midst of the the worst of times. If if we have that right internal disposition, and, and I think that's yeah. where gratitude does come from, uh, a, a disposition that I, I realize first and foremost that I am blessed um, and, and that there is always something. Again, if I become overly selfish, if I become too, um, <coughs> excuse me, focused on you know, what I think I should have in a sense of entitlement, th then I'm not on the lookout to not only acknowledge the gift received, but also somehow show the appreciation. So whether I'm saying thank you to God with grace before meals or just when I stand up in the morning or when I turn on the faucet and clean water comes out. Um, but, but then I think it does sort of ex extend, and, and I know we'll get into this throughout the hour, but not only is it I see the gift. I see. I see the the thing as a gift, or the person as a gift, um, and, and I express that gratitude. But then it does move in my heart, mm -hmm. uh, and and it, and it changes me. So it, it doesn't just remain an interior disposition, but but it guides the way I speak, the way I act, and and certainly how I treat others. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. One thing that you brought up, Father, that I think is worthy of asking, um, even here at the beginning of the program, is what kind of damage can a lack of gratitude do to a soul? Well, I think our listeners who are living with uh, 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 unwell teenagers can probably ask answer <laughs> that question uh, even better because you know I think teenage years typically are that time of self-indulgence where particularly now with social media where they see what everyone else has uh, and what everyone else is doing and so they become so focused on 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 everything else and so people that are not grateful it's, it's really difficult to be around them yeah. uh, you know I've had the experience certainly through the years whether it's you know you, uh, <clears throat> you provide something for someone you know pizza for the youth group or you know coffee and donuts after daily mass you know and someone comes in and and looks at the spread that people have put out and says oh there's no cantaloupe uh, it's like okay well, there, there's bananas there's kiwi there's oranges like <laughs> why did you focus on that like and it just becomes it, i mean it sets everyone else off mm -hmm. you know uh i think that sense of entitlement that sense of bitterness that ingratitude um is, is really an, an ugly disposition uh, and I think it breaks down the sense of, of of a community. And, well, that's definitely something we want to get into, too, is gratitude's effect not only on the individual but also on the community. But um, first I wanted to say that 
in gratitude, just like you were saying about gratitude, it's it is a self perpetuating thing, right? I mean, we it changes us as well. It draws us more deeply into kind of a self focused universe, does it not? Yeah, and I just become this this uh, bitter person. Yeah, because because I because I'm not disposed, and, and there's certainly examples of this at times in the scripture. Mm. Um, you know, David went through it when he was you know, entitled, you know, and he, and he takes his soldier's wife. And it's only when he hears the story about another person who's ungrateful that the light bulb goes on for David. Um, I, I think at different times that the disciples, you know, were, were not as grateful as they should have been for the presence of Christ and the, and the teachings of Christ. Certainly at the cross, they weren't grateful for what, what Christ w- was, was offering. And so it led them to really selfish, fear-based behavior. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point as well. Well, let's open it up for our listeners, too. Uh, If you are a grateful person, maybe you are, maybe you're not, maybe you're struggling to be a grateful person, you have questions about that, or how do you cultivate gratitude in your own life? How has being grateful brought you closer to Jesus? Are you mindful of the blessings of God, the gifts of God, the presence of God? And uh, what does that mean for you? And what does that mean in terms of your gratitude? Please give us a call. Join the conversation. Our toll-free studio line is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. That's sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Or you can send us an email, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Well, one of the base things, I think, for the follower of Christ, for the, for the Christian anyway, uh, for the baptized person, um, is a gratitude for the gift of faith. And that, that may seem like a uh, rather, I don't know, it might seem like a, not a great place to start, but it seems like that's way up there in terms of what we should be grateful for. Ah, so true, so true, and I and and I think this expression happens in 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 different ways, Patrick. As far as our gratitude for the faith, um, you know, sometimes we do take for granted that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that that, that Jesus Christ, God, died for us. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, and 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 I'm I'm privileged as I walk with people who are you know becoming Christians, whether it's through the OCIA or you know, initial conversations or rediscovering their faith that, you know, when they when they have the awareness of what baptism has done for them, when they have an awareness that that God shed his blood to be present to us in the Eucharist, that that someone can go to confession and be forgiven. Right. And the joy that they feel. And sometimes we take it for granted. Those of us who are are committed disciples living the faith. And then I think it also manifests, Patrick, I know in the um in the everyday things, right? And I, and yeah. I think it's one of the great frustrations of my my brother priests and I, the sort of ingratitude when there's a change, like in a parish schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I heard a story recently where, you know, the, the, the parish was reduced from two priests to one priest, and it's a parish with many funerals, and so the pastor had to make the difficult decision that there would no longer be a 6.30 a.m. Uh, daily mass. Mm-hmm. And now he made the decision based on the fact that you know, most people went to the eight o'clock or eight thirty, whatever it was. But also that the three parishes, which were two, three miles in any direction, still had a six thirty, okay. and so people that were driving to his parish could still drive to the other. Well, you would have thought he was depriving them of the Eucharist entirely. Oh. Uh, they protested. They wrote letters to the bishop that that he was being, you know, a bad pastor. And, and it just broke his heart that there was not gratitude. First off, that they had Eucharist every day at their parish, which is not the case for Catholics throughout the world. Yeah. And so I think sometimes 
not focusing on what we don't have, or our parish doesn't have perpetual adoration, we only have adoration one day a week. Praise God you have adoration one day a week, right? Oh, we don't have, you know, the Holy Name Society and the Sodality and the Miraculous Metal Novena. No, but you do have the rosary every day. Like, can we can we focus on that and then maybe out of the gratitude cultivate something else? And I think it's those very practical things that, that again, the ingratitude breaks down community life. Mm. It breaks down the body of Christ. Yeah, and that's, well, let's turn our attention to that for a moment, Father, because as I said, I think it's worthy of, of underscoring that, that the, again, the ingratitude, the lack of gratitude that one might uh, be manifesting in one's own life or see in the in the community around around you as well, that uh, that does erode at these relationships. But how does it, I mean, give us some insight into that. How does being ungrateful for things, how does that actually tear down a relationship that I might have with a fellow parishioner or with a loved one or with a friend? Well, because again, I, I think I'm I'm not focused on what they are able to give me. Mm. You know, I, again, gratitude grounds me in the here and now, right? Uh, uh, before we, you know, started the program, I, I had a tuna fish sandwich, right, and and I was grateful for it, um, and I was grateful for the bread, and and it tasted delicious. But if I was focused on the fact that there wasn't turkey in the refrigerator. I, I wouldn't have enjoyed, <laughs> and maybe I would have been bitter towards the uh, priest I live with who who ate the turkey on Saturday or something like that, right. you know. And, and I would feel some kind of way, and I would miss the whole thing that like uh, it it just breaks down charity, and 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 it keeps me in a place that's not grounded in reality. Whereas when I'm grateful, you know, and I'll just stick you know with my tuna fish sandwich, you know, I, I was able to eat. You know, praise God. Yeah. You know, praise God for the for the for the person that went to the store and 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 got the tuna fish and uh, you know praise God that you know I was I was able to make it the other day and and, and praise God that there was still bread you know and, and I've eaten I've eaten yeah. and and, and yeah. I'm blessed and I'm content and I'm not feeling some kind of way towards someone else because I feel that I was wronged. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that, and one of the things that pops to mind, I remember a pastor of mine once um, said, have you ever have you ever gone to the, the kitchen sink, turned on the water, and just said, wow, praise God? I mean, because that is not a luxury that some people in the world have. Many people in the world do not have that luxury of being able to go in their own home, turn on a faucet, and see fresh, clean, potable water coming out of a faucet. And that really struck me. It stuck with me for years now. Because there is, you know, just in the gift of that and the gift of having water at our, at our, you know, convenience is something that not all the world or is able to enjoy. And, and not only does it move in your heart to be grateful, but yeah. it also gives us a level of empathy towards those who are walking mm. a mile to get water from a, a, a pump that may be clean or maybe is not clean. Or people even in our own country because of different circumstances you know, don't have access to, to clean water coming out of their tap. There's there's pollution or, or whatever is going on. Yeah, it, it gives us empathy for the other person, which is so essential if we're going to be the body of Christ. Oh, man. Yeah. I can just see this going a whole bunch of different places, Father, and I'm excited about the continued conversation. Talking again today about gratitude. If you find yourself to be grateful, uh, 
then we want to hear from you. If you are struggling to be grateful, maybe you're facing situations in your life where it's not actually very straightforward how you can be grateful, give us a call. Join the conversation. Ask your questions of our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh. Our phone number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer, is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. We're going to head into our first break, but as I said, lots more to talk about when it comes to gratitude with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, right after this. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. You got to accentuate the positive Mind it to negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. Ah, there you go. Given all sorts of advice on how to be grateful, we're talking about gratitude today on The Inner Life with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Grateful that he is with us as well. And another way to be grateful throughout this Lenten season is to grow in your gratitude for the holy sacrifice of the Mass. If you haven't yet signed up for Father Rocky's Explanations of the Mass is Lenten Lessons on the Mass. Do so at relevantradio.com slash Lent. Just a short snippets of video that will help unlock the mysteries of the Mass for you and help you to get more out of each and every time you attend Mass. Again, that's relevantradio.com slash Lent. Well, Father, let's uh, let's go to the phones. Let's, uh, call, let's go to Martin, who's calling in from Glenside, Pennsylvania. Good afternoon, Martin. Welcome to The Inner Life. Good afternoon, Patrick. Uh, good afternoon, Father Chris. I just wanted to mention how grateful I am for uh, great priests like Father Chris Walsh, who serve the people of God and uh, try to do everything within their power to help us get to heaven. Oh, praise God. It's great and honor to to walk with people. And uh, I got to tell you, every day I, I come out to celebrate Mass, I just look out at people and I'm so grateful for faith. You know, given the trials the church has been through and the priests hood has been through, uh, to look at people who continue to believe uh, despite so many challenges, it, it edifies my heart. So it's a great honor to walk with you. And I know that most of my brother priests feel exactly the same way. Oh. You know what, Father, that actually raises an important issue in my own mind in a way that I'm, I'm guessing many of our listeners could grow in gratitude as well, is that uh, sometimes, especially, uh, well, I don't know, both on a Sunday Mass or a daily Mass, we walk in, and I tend to notice the seats that are empty rather than the seats that are full. And uh, maybe in a way of growing in gratitude for me this Lent is recognizing, hey, look at these souls, these eternal souls made by God who are right here right now. Yeah, I've got to tell you, you know, if, if you're familiar with the examine of St. Ignatius of Loyola, mm-hmm. um, you know, once we become aware of God's presence, gratitude is the first step. And, uh, you know, I've been exposed to the examine, you know, for, for, for more than 30 years now, and, and, I, and, I, and, and I'm grateful that it colors me. Naturally, I'm a pessimist, so I, I too would see the empty pews. Uh, but, but gratefully, uh, through God's grace and through good spiritual habits, I focus on the good, um, you know, and, and, and there's always good to focus on. I, I do want to mention before we get caught up with other things, you know, there's a, a, an institute here in, in Philadelphia at the University of Pennsylvania um, 
secular entirely, but they they, they study happiness and, and positive psychology. Huh. And um, it, it's this psychologist named Martin Seligman, and his stuff is used a lot with with education and, and teacher training. And and Seligman, you know, has done the research that people who, amongst other things, people who have what he calls a positive emotion, which is either awe, you know, just just in amazement at, at something good that's happening, or gratitude. And in particular for him, it's it's writing down three things every day that you're grateful for. Hmm. The person will immediately become happier. <laughs> mm. You know, it, it, it changes the psychology of the person. It changes the, the, the outlook of the person, and that's entirely from a secular perspective. Uh, and, and I think that you know, truth is truth, whether it comes revealed through scripture and the traditions of the church, or through psychology at a secular university. Gratitude makes a difference on our way of life. And if we believe the Beatitudes, right, that God wants us to be blessed or happy, this is the way to it. It doesn't happen automatically. There are steps that we as believers have to take. Huh. That's a great point, Father. I really like that. And it coincides well with uh, an off-air caller who called in and said that someone had told her, what if you woke up to, uh, tomorrow with just the things that you were grateful for today? Mm. Amen. <laughs> Isn't that great? Amen. Uh, I love that. Uh, it's so good. Martin, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for your gratitude for great priests. A good reminder uh, from you just to be grateful for all the men who are serving as our deacons, priests, and bishops in, in our church as well. And uh, they're, they're yes. They're yes to the vocation in their lives. So thank you, Martin. Appreciate that. Let's go now to Isabel calling in from Fresno, California. Good morning, Isabel. Welcome. Hi. Good morning. Thank you. I have an odd... <laughs> off the wall uh, appreciation and grateful for, and I don't know whether too many people, um, for uh, bathrooms inside the home. When I was growing up, we had odd houses outdoors, and in the middle of the night, which they, were, they uh, had black widows in there, and Ooh. it was so, so scary. And every time I flush the toilet, I think of what a blessing to have a toilet inside the home. Uh. So I know too many people don't think of that, but uh, I don't know if they've lived that long to appreciate something that was invented by whomever. And, um, of course, I appreciate the, the Holy Mass and all that, but besides that, it's, to me, I don't know if people think about it every time they go to, you know, flush their toilets, that there's water coming in there. And um, I just think it's it's a, a great invention. Amen. And it's, I think it's... I think that that can be applied to so many things that we, you know, have lived without, um, you know, a, a, and to cultivate that gratitude for the small things, which, again, that has had an impact on your life in so many ways, right? To just delight mm. in that gift every day. Yeah, yeah. I think especially when I'm feeling especially cold or something like that, uh, and uh, you know, don't want to, <laughs> don't want to go outside and everything. That's when I get really grateful for things like indoor plumbing. So thank you, Isabel. Great point. It's an excellent point that there are so many things to be grateful for. So many things that we take for granted, and I think that's one of the things that we're emphasizing today on the show is. Let's take a moment to take stock of all the blessings in our lives. If you have things that you are grateful for that maybe we just don't think of on a regular basis, give us a call. Let us know what that is. 888 914 Again, 888-914-9149. 
Well, Father, just before the break, we started talking about empathy a little bit um, when we recognized that, yeah, there are a lot of people in the world, for instance, who are still having to go outside to use the toilet, right? And who aren't able to use uh, indoor plumbing and that sort of thing. So it it's fosters a sense of empathy, which leads me to understand, and you said this yourself, that almsgiving is a fruit of gratitude, that there is a relationship between gratitude and generosity. Exactly. Um, and, you know, to, to stick with the, uh, the, the plumbing uh, reference, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I've been blessed, uh, you know, several times to travel, to, to, to visit with and see the beautiful ministry of a, a priest that I know who works in Uganda. And, you know, when you travel to a place like Uganda, you know, you become very aware of how blessed we are, most of us living in America, in the first world, uh, you know, whether it's clean water, availability of food, uh, the power staying on, whatever. And and in the midst of my, my experiences, I, I connected with a woman uh, in an airport who was actually coming back to the Philadelphia area as well from Kenya. And she had gone on a, a, a safari, you know, a, a honeymoon, I think it was. It was, you know, it was a very expensive trip. This was not a mission trip or anything like that. Mm. But in the midst of going to Kenya, she encountered the Maasai people and just kind of heard the tour guide say how they often had to move from place to place to place because there weren't enough wells available. And she asked, well, what keeps there from being more wells? And they said, well, they don't have the money to, to dig the wells. And well, how much does a well cost? And I think it was like something like $700. Mm. And this woman couldn't believe that her trip, which was costing, you know, probably more than $750 a day, mm. um, could have provided 10 wells for these people that she was seeing remaining nomadic just to be able to find water. Well, that movement in her heart for gratitude for her blessings led her to come back. And it's not a full-time job, but she runs a nonprofit that all it does is raise money to dig wells for the Maasai people in Kenya. Mm, you know, wow. and she does a variety of fundraisers. And, and, and this has happened you know, with, with many people, right? I know a woman whose, whose daughter had uh, juvenile uh, leukemia and, and praise God survived and everything. But going through the experience, she was blessed with lots of friends who were, you know, doing meal trains, but also someone who was paying for her husband and hers parking every time they went to the hospital. And, oh, wow. and she realized that, you know, this was hundreds of dollars a week. And, and so after her daughter was healed and, and things got back to normal, they founded a charity that just raises money to help people with incidental expenses when they have a child who's sick, you know, pays for food and, and babysitting and, and tolls and, and, and parking fees, which are not covered by insurance. And so it's that experience where we realize how blessed we are by someone else, and then we, we in turn you know, then go and, 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 and do something that's generous, right? That's just generous. Now, those examples are, are probably a, a above and beyond, but we, we see it all the time. As a pastor, I'm very blessed. Christmas time, families will call me and say, listen, my wife and I, our grown kids, we need nothing. We need nothing. So for Christmas, we want to buy family a family presence, right? That's someone who is aware of their blessings and, and they want to be a blessing to others, 
Um, and my last parish, we did, we, you know, did, did, did a lot more with the material poor. Uh, and, and it was just amazing to see people giving up their Thanksgiving or, 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 or being willing to help with tuition, whatever it was, because they realized how blessed they were. And it was coming from that place. Not, I need a tax write off. Uh, not, you know, but, but I want to help someone. We have someone here in this parish who sends me a check every year to help a single mom with tuition. And the wow. reason is, is that when, you know, she and her husband separated, someone in the parish helped her with tuition for her kids. And she remembers it. She remembers it. And that moves her to gratitude every year. And, and again, it's a matter of faith. And it's a very beautiful thing to witness. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. I love those stories. And, uh, and, and it even, I mean, it even brings to mind the anecdotes that you hear about poor people who, you know, perhaps they're uh, people wrestling with poverty, I should say. And, and they are, you know, they're given something and they immediately turn around and share it with somebody else who's with them in that poverty, which is uh, which is amazing, which which lends me to think that, yeah, there is there's not any restrictions on gratitude in terms of like what your <laughs> what your income can be. Right. Um, we all are called to be grateful regardless of where we are. It was one of the stories that touched the heart of St. Teresa of Calcutta very early on mm. in her in her founding of the Missionaries of Charity that she had some some rice that she brought to a very poor family that she became aware of. And the woman said, thank you very much. And she immediately took half the rice and brought it to her neighbor. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and and it, it touched it touched the heart of, of mother profoundly to see this woman who did not have enough. But, but made sure that, that the others had. Huh. Wow, I love it. I love it. Many things to be grateful for. If you have things that you are grateful for, perhaps it's something that ordinarily uh, we take for granted or perhaps you took it for granted for a while and now have become very grateful for it. Give us a call. Let us know what that is. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email at innerlife@relevantradio.com. Well, let's go back to the phones. Juliana is calling in from Lake Oswego, Oregon. Uh, Juliana, good morning. Welcome to The Inner Life. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to point out something that I'm grateful for, that in this world right now, people, they kind of look at it like it's a a bad thing, too much work, and that's children. Uh, Too expensive, too hard. You know, they, they look at it like it's more of a, a problem than a solution and um and when i was younger i took it for granted you know it was so hard sometimes for women even when we don't work everything's laid on you we don't have the extended family anymore it's a lot harder but as you grow and you look back and those times look so warm and amazing your kids are grown now and you know they uphold your faith they're there with you through every lovely thing that happens or hard thing that happens they're they're just such a gift amen and thank you for that insight from a mother's heart um you know and i and i I often you know as i have conversations with sometimes with some of our seniors who i visit and i know they're sad that the kids or grandkids don't come around as much as they would like um but but it's so beautiful to hear them focus on what their kids do do for them. And uh, there's one woman I visit who her, her children just don't live in the area. They're far away. But every time I go, she talks about how this one sends, 
you know, packages through Amazon. And this one has, you know, a pizza delivered on Friday night. And this one sends bagels and, and this kind of stuff. And so she's focused on what they are able to do. And, and her heart is so motivated by that. Um, and, and I think what you're, you're focused on is such a beautiful thing uh, to keep a, a parent's heart grateful uh, as the years go by. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, family is at the core of one of the things that uh, can and should lead us into gratitude. Uh, even if, you know, maybe maybe we don't have the greatest of relationships. I'm thinking not just with our kids. So thank you for that and reminding us of that, Juliana, but also for the people who have come before us, our parents, our grandparents, and even those ancestors that we haven't even been able to meet. So why is why does the church ask us to be grateful for those who have come before us, Father? Well, you know, again, we're part of this body of Christ, you know, Um, and what, you know, Paul writes about, I hand on to you what was handed on to me, Mm -hmm. that like, you know, the hymns we sing, someone sat down and wrote them. You know, when I sit down to pray the Liturgy of the Hours, you know, monastic communities and theologians and liturgists, they took the time to put that together. Um, what we accept is the church's moral teaching or, 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 you know, systematic theology teaching, the creed. Like, that was worked out by people, some of whom died, right? Some of them were martyred over mm-hmm. the divinity of Christ, um, on the, the, the perpetual virginity of the Blessed Mother. Um, and, and, and again, bringing it back to the local level, like, you know, when I open the doors uh, to our church each morning, I, I walk past a plaque to the, to the pastor who, who built uh, the church in the 1950s, and I just say thank you, right? He built, a, he built a really great church, and that means I don't have to. I don't have to raise the money. I don't, you know, uh, you know because it's, it's a beautiful place. And, and the parishioners who, who built it, who are long gone, right? But, but to think of that, to think of our grandparents and our parents, right? A, a, again, it's easy in this day and age, and probably in every other age, but this is the age I live in, um, to, to focus on the negative, the mistakes that people made, what they weren't able to do. And what does right. that lead to? Resentment, bitterness, um, versus, you know, gratitude. That, and, and, and giving people the benefit of the doubt that they did the best they could. Hmm. They did the best they could and to be grateful for what has been handed on to us. Oh, man, that benefit of the doubt thing brings up a whole other host of questions that are going through my mind, and I think a very important thing. But you know what? Let's take our next break, but let me... If you do have some things that you're grateful for, you've really cultivated gratitude in your life, things that maybe you originally took for granted, but now you're grateful for them regularly, give us a call. Let us know what those are and help encourage and inspire each other to a deeper gratitude, deeper sense of gratitude to our God for all the good gifts that he gives. Our phone number here in the inner life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. More of the inner life coming up right after this. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. So 
many things to be grateful for. That's what we're talking about today on The Inner Life. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich. I am grateful for him, our producer. I'm also grateful to Miranda Sinanceros for taking your phone calls today and to our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, as we're continuing to be grateful um, for all the good things that God gives us. And we got a lot of people calling in, which is fantastic. I'm so grateful that we have so many grateful listeners as well. Let's go now to Lori calling in from Malacca, Minnesota. Lori, welcome. Hi, welcome. I just enjoy your show. I'm really grateful and blessed that we can um, go to Mass freely and worship and receive um, Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. It's so easy to forget that a few years ago we were denied that right by a government mandate, especially our seniors um, that were in nursing homes and assisted livings. They, they weren't able to um, receive sacraments. Um, so that's something I think we, can, we forget often, how quickly that right can be taken away. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, I, I think the experience of the pandemic uh, certainly made people more grateful for, for many things and, and, and many people. Uh, and again, the Eucharist itself, right, the, the word uh, from the Greek, uh, Thanksgiving, and, and, and the Eucharist is principally an act of thanksgiving uh, to the Father for the gift of his Son, Jesus Christ, who saves us, mm-hmm. right? And certainly we're thankful for Holy Communion, uh, where, where Christ comes to live within us, uh, and we're grateful for the real presence of Jesus in the sacrifice. But, but fundamentally, the, the, the act of worship in the Mass, that we're thanking God who saves us. Yeah. We're, we're just so grateful for that amazing gift. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's one of the things I wanted to get into, too, Father, is just obviously we're in the midst of this Eucharistic revival. we got the National Eucharistic Congress coming up this summer in Indianapolis. Let's all show up for Jesus, by the way. Check out Father Rocky's Eucharistic Encounter videos and uh, just some travel packages that Nativity Pilgrimage has put together for the Congress at relevantradio.com slash encounter um specifically though father in when it comes to the eucharist that it is it's that sometimes we forget that christ's action on the cross yes was for the salvation of the world but it's an it's an act of thanksgiving it it is and and again what what can we do um but give thanks it's it's the most beautiful response right yeah and and again when we turn to god our, our gratitude is also praise um, it's a manifestation of praise. And for the Jewish people, um, there, there were different words for praise, uh, seven, I believe, different Hebrew words for praise that are used throughout the Psalms. Sometimes it's praise and thanks for something that has been given. Other times it's, it's praise while I wait. Otherwise, it's, 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 it's praise for a gift that I know is coming. Um, even a word for praise, you know, for the challenges through which God is doing something in me. But I think when it comes to salvation, right, if, if, if the stations of the cross, right, what, what's the response? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Right? It, it's not meant to make us feel shame. Certainly there should be some compunction, some, some movement that my sin caused this. But ultimately it's in the praise of God, the thanks to God for his blessing, that the, 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 the deeper aspect of conversion, right? We heard yesterday, uh, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Well, that's only gonna happen when I realize how much I'm loved. That's always the first movement that while we're still sinners, God dies for us. And when my heart is filled with gratitude, boy, that's when I respond. And again, oh, we, see this in, we see this in our human relationships. 
right? It's why we just celebrated Valentine's Day, right? And so when spouses are kind to each other and they have this grateful attitude towards one another, well, well then it makes their love deeper and they want to please each other and they want to serve each other, right? It's the culture of a school or the culture of a parish community where we're so aware of the gratitude, which, which makes us move towards, towards being more pleasing, mm-hmm. to being even more pleasing. And mm-hmm. so the same with our God and Holy Mass. Yeah, yeah, amen to that. So grateful for for the, all the good gifts of God. And that actually leads me to an email, too, that's come in from Dustin. Dustin, who's from California, he says, there are two sets of threes. I like that kind of uh, systematizing our gratitude, right? So two sets of threes, he writes, that I am eternally grateful for. The first is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's always uh, should be right up there at the top of the list. So thank you for that, Dustin. But the second is Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the Holy Family. And then he goes on to say, but if I'm asked about anything else, then I'm grateful for having a roof over my head, a bed to sleep in at night, and the support I feel from friends and family of my choice to try to become a priest. There you are. Yeah. Right? Looking at those very practical things, you know, faith, and then just in our everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So grateful for that. We are talking about gratitude here on the program today. If you have something that you're grateful for and would like to be, like to be, uh, yeah, to let people know, maybe it's something that we take take for granted. Give us a call at triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine, or send us an email like Dustin did at innerlife at relevantradio dot com. Let's go now to Vito calling in from Bloomfield, New Jersey. Vito, good afternoon. Welcome. Hi, Father. Thank you for everything that you do. Uh, I I want people to be aware of something, that we should ask the Lord to to, uh, accept our thanks for everything he has given us, and especially for the ones with a a, a longer uh, lifespan. And and, uh, I say to the Lord, please, Put me in a position where I could help somebody, and 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 when the Lord does it, I am pleased. But however, there's a second half which I want everyone to understand. People, many people are put in a position where they could help somebody. But what happens? They say, "Oh, I don't want to get involved." Oh no, 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 that's not for me. No. Ask the Lord to put you in a, in, in a position to help, and then, Lord, give me the strength and the will and the wherewithal to help to mm. put it into action. And that's the gratitude you get when you're able to do that, not just to see, to be there, and to watch, but to be part of it and, and put yourself into it to really help and thank the Lord to give you the, the power and the wherewithal to do that, give that help out. Vito, that's so beautiful. So beautiful to see the gift of years, right? That 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 uh, older years are not a burden, <laughs> right? But a, but a blessing, uh, a, a constant theme from uh, the Holy Father. Um, and, and, and in your life. So it's so beautiful to see that and know that God does accept your sacrifice of praise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vito, thank you for that great reminder. And so, so wonderful to have you on the program. Let's go now to Bill calling in from Plover, Wisconsin. Bill, welcome to the inner life. Hey, good morning. Um, I'll tell a story about when I uh, was working. I'm, I'm no longer working. I've been retired for 13 years, which I'm grateful for. But uh, when I was working, I used to drive over the road and had to eat my meals at restaurants. And uh, 
I remember one time I uh, was sitting there and I was in the plate of my breakfast plate was put before me and I was I was looking at how meager it was. At least I thought it was rather meager, and I I just kind of felt myself grumbling about the about why did I stop here, you know? And well, at any rate, uh, I felt like the Lord was telling me that uh, uh, you should thank me for that food. You know, I, I, you've got food, and you you need to be more thankful. Mm. And so I kind of I thank God for that food. I just kind of forced myself to do that. And then from that day, I thought, you know what, I I need to be more thankful no matter what. And so I started a journal. When I got back out of the truck, I got my a tablet out and I uh, and I started writing every day what I was thankful for. And I and I would determine that I was going to change my attitude about things like that. And so for uh, 40 days, I uh, I kept that journal and wrote something every day, something different. Wow. And at the end of that 40 days, it turned out to be Thanksgiving Day. Amen. <laughs> and, and, and I think your experience of writing it down uh, is, is an essential part of this. And I, I've done that at different seasons of my own life as well. Uh, I, you know, it's not enough to just think about it. Uh, I, I think there's a, a new level of, of growth when we, we write something down. That's a good point, and and one of the things that Bill's comment uh, spurs in my mind is that uh, I love how Bill you took you took that opportunity of recognizing that you were complaining, that you were grumbling, that you know, and you turned that around, you turned it in gratitude. So maybe, Father, that's a, a great time to remember to be grateful is when we're complaining about something. I, I think it's a, a, a wonderful uh, direct. I mean, it's Ignatius would say that, right? If a if if there's a critical spirit or an ungrateful spirit, then go in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Go in the opposite direction. When we feel that we're jealous, we're greedy, stop, right? Um, it, it's it's a great exercise. It's a great exercise, right? If someone says, "Oh, you know, I don't have, uh, um, you know, I don't have enough clothes. I don't have enough sneakers. I don't have enough food," go go look in your cabinet. Go reorganize your food pantry and then say you don't have enough food. Go yeah. organize your, your drawers right, and say you don't have enough clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a radical experience for us to really, really change um, you know, the, the attitude. And I, and, yeah. I, I, and I love the fact that you wrote it down. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Sounds like a good Lenten practice to me, or one that can be carried on beyond Lent as well. So, Bill, thank you so much for the, for the tip and the advice. Let's go now to Gene calling in from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Gene, welcome. Yes, thank you, Patrick. And uh, Father, I just want to say, you mentioned something earlier about taking things for granted. And I took the beauty of the church as a young Catholic for granted until uh, uh, I came back to the church more strongly. I never wandered far, but here's the story. I have a beautiful church. I'm in a beautiful, it's over 100 years old. Uh, St. Helen is in Minneapolis. The architecture uh, and the, the artisanship of the stained glass windows, the beauty of that transcendental of beauty, the the ceiling has uh, hard wood uh, beams that have the beatitudes on them. The stained glass windows have stories. On the one side, it's the birth of Christ, all the way the theme to the transformation of his public life, and then the passion on the right side. It, it is so gorgeous, and there's so many things involved in it. it, it there's the local uh, priests in the top, and the Indians, the Hennepin. Father Hennepin, Monsignor Rowan's the one in the 1800s that got this church built. It is so gorgeous. It is so beautiful. It's such a 
praise to God. And I'm so grateful for those artisans, those Germans, and uh, whoever built it, the Irish, whoever. It's We're so blessed with the beauty of our Catholic faith. Yeah, and sometimes I sit there, I actually watched a video the other day about a beautiful monastery of the Precious Blood Sisters in in Brooklyn, New York. And, um, you know, they, they were talking about the founder uh, or the chaplain, the, the priest who sort of designed everything. And it, and it was obviously a fruit of his deep faith, these stained glass windows that he worked with artisans on and these artists who came along. And and, and again, they're, they're long gone. They're buried. Please, God, their souls are in heaven. But their fruits carry on for us. And then I think it begs us the question, okay, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what what are we doing now for the for the next generation? Uh, what are we doing to keep these places beautiful, to be good stewards? Because there is value in, in beauty. I know sometimes the church gets criticized. Oh, we have these beautiful churches. What about the poor? Well, it's not either or. It's both and. Because these churches were built by the poor. Right. Um, by the poor and, you know, because they wanted beauty. Yeah. They wanted beauty. Amen to that. Gene, I have been to that your parish, and it is indeed gorgeous. So thank you so much for that phone call. My apologies to Dean, Donna, Gina, Mary, and so many others who emailed and called in. Sorry we weren't able to get you on the air today, but what a great representation of gratitude here amongst our listeners today. Father, as always, we'd like to close with a blessing. May we ask that of you now, please. Through the intercession of Mary, our mother, and all the grateful saints in heaven, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, man. I, that That's just been a boost to my day. So thank you so much for all of you who are grateful. Continue to share this program with others. Maybe they could uh, stand a little boost in their gratitude as well. You can find us at relevantradio.com slash inner life. Coming up tomorrow on the program, how to make a holy hour. And just in time for maybe a 40 hours devotion coming up with Father Tim Anasis. So we're going to have him on the program tomorrow. Coming up next, of course, is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, our celebrant today is Father Matthew Seminar. Stay tuned for that. Until next time, grace and peace.